Welcome back to the World on Drugs podcast, everybody. It's your boy Steve here, and we got another banger on our hands. The Zalisco Boys are a group of business-minded heroin peddlers from the town of Zalisco in the state of Nayarit. Not as much a cartel as a business strategy, the Zalisco Boys are pioneered a new method of profiting in the drug trafficking world: delivery. And what is perhaps the darkest form of laissez-faire by acting as both the source and the mobile storefront, the Zalisco Boys were able to quickly expand across America using basic marketing strategies to become what many acts have called the best dealers they'd ever seen. Unfortunately, their rise also coincides with the beginning of the opioid epidemic. And what resulted was a dangerous self-replicating style of retail drug trafficking operating on a national scale from an individual level this episode is done by gray livingston our senior producer and the comedy store productions comedy store record productions i want to give a shout out to bruce gray next week we're doing the jalisco boys the second most dangerous cartel in mexico i'm going to tell you this folks about next week it is the most gnarly episode we've ever done at least the crimes they kind of made me sick at one point this episode, I was recorded in the Comedy Store Studios. Shout out to my guy, Brucey Gray. Didn't help with this one because I had to do it. How have I been? Shout out to Brucey Boy for doing last week's episode for me. Your boy was back on tour with the Marchina. And uh, boy, was it the best time of my damn life. Uh, 420, we flew into Nashville. Whoop, whoop, what's up? 420, good to see you, buddy. Did I blow a fat stack of marijuana? Maybe some of that West Coast Gardens? I did. I brought some of that West Coast Gardens weed with me all across America. Shout out to Mike Olson. Um, definitely the best weed, uh, Nashville's ever seen. Started blessing some folks. Oh, gosh, you know who got some of that? West Coast Gardens weed, drop that. Bless my boy, Dr. Joe Haswell, with a little bit of that and his wonderful wife. So we fly into Nashville. Now listen, folks, if you've been listening to this um, podcast religiously, which you should have, or I will find you and I will hurt you. <laughs> and you know, about a year ago, mid-pandemic, I performed in come on you're gonna get it where did i perform i performed in nashville at zany's and i had a mediocre time um one thing you never want to do is you never want to fly into a show on the road and do that show that night why because jet lag is real sucks especially at my age when I was going down from nashville the first time i flew in i'm watching the tv american airlines not to brag doing pretty well they pay for it. I would have gone spirit. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I would have walked. Kind of like a kind of like a gump, forced gump thing. But I've got bad knees, so it would have been like a crawl after a while. But uh, so I get in there. Oh, damn it! I just had a conversation with my girlfriend, so I'm not really sure. She had to call me. Not really sure where I was. But let's just go back to this flying into Nashville. American Airlines has a TV screen. As I'm going in, you see the surrounding areas. And I see the word Knoxville. I go, okay. Getting close. If you didn't know, Knoxville, widest city in America. It's actually true. So fly in, get ready, smoke a joint with Lucy, the booker of all the zanies. Get in the condo, take a little nap, get ready, go on stage. When I go on the stage in Nashville at Zanies, I get on stage and I say, hey, Knoxville, how you doing? Now, this is on a legendary club. I've been working to get into. And these people, I've never felt the air sucked out of a room quicker. It just went, kind of like in space when someone like has to like, there's a giant alien and they close the room and then they open the other hatch and it sucks out the alien in space. I was the alien being thrown out of zany's natural and then i went into flop sweats and the crowd hated me and then that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth as it would for nashville as a city and as an experience so when i'm going in with birdie boy gonna do the 
Grand old frickin' Opry. Maybe you heard of it, America. I was very scared. Why? Because Judy Marmel was flying in. Judy Marmel is probably the most powerful manager in comedy. She is the head of Levity, my management group that I'm, well, not my management group, but the management group that reps me. Uh, management groups kind of work somewhat like a pyramid scheme, but a pyramid scheme that everyone works. So essentially, the biggest manager is at top, the one who she has Whitney, she has Bert, she has Sebastian, she has Mark Norman, she has arguably the biggest acts. What she does with those guys and the people under there get a little bit smaller acts, and then we open for the bigger acts. And then if someone the bigger act can't do anything, then they throw us in there. Or if they're like, "Hey, can we get the bigger act to do this?" They'll go, "Yeah, you got the bigger act to do that." If we get the smaller act to do a different weekend, that's how it works out. She's there. She owns, co-owns the company Levity. What do they own? They own the channel AMC, Food Network. And they own every improv across the country. So to say this woman, person, is important, a little bit of an underscore. Also, a bunch of UTA agents, CAAs, another agency. This place is packed. Nashville, I'm going there. How am I thinking? I'm thinking, don't call them Knoxville. Right before I go up, you know, it had been a little while since I uh, dipped my toes in giant audiences. Have I been going around L.A. and murdering it? You know, some people say that. Um, but doing 50 people at the setup every Friday and Sunday is a little bit different than doing 5K at the Grand Old Frickin' Opry. So when we get in the Grand Old Opry, uh, there's like 50 dressing rooms. Each dressing room is kind of themed like some country star. I'm not a big country guy. I'm going to stop talking like this. Uh, but I was just walking around pretty just amazed, just a venue, to even think that ever one day I thought I would play that. I mean, listen, did I play that or did I ride someone else's coattails to get there? Hey, what, what are we doing? What are we, anti-coattail? I'm not anti-coattail. I've been pro-coattail since we beat the English with our blue coats, folks. Yeah, since the birth of America. So I'm getting super nervous. I'm about to go up. Dave goes up, does very well. I look and I'm like, okay, Dave does pretty well. I should do pretty well too. I'm pacing. I'm obviously very, very nervous. Then I go on stage and I ha proceed to have maybe the greatest set I've ever had. And then I get off stage, and it's just one of those things where you look at yourself and you go, okay, I'm not wasting my life. I shouldn't have stayed home and got a, got a, got a government job and, and married a high school girlfriend who got, well, we both equally got fat together. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes, at least before I was with, with Jordan, sometimes you think... You made some wrong decisions in your life, don't you guys? And then there's sometimes there's moments that tell you you haven't. And this was one of those moments. Also, my girlfriend, my girlfriend Jordan came and we were able to fly together. She, her family moved there. Her family came. That was the first time they've really seen me do stand-up. And I murdered at the Grand Ole Opry. So needless to say, they're fans. I guess, I don't know, maybe they like me more. Normally people like you more when you turn out to be good at your job. Then we did the Ryman. The Ryman Theater is the original Grand Ole Opry, but they switched over to the real, or the one right now in like 1950. So it's been like 70 years. So like, I know 1950 sounds closer, but like if this was 1995, 70 years ago, 1925, and no one thinks those are at all close to each other, right? So it's like, yeah, okay, the other one was cool, but all the pictures look like, the most racist people you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, the people that worked at the Ryman, I I could see in their eyes just a burning cross in the distance. It's a different time, man. You can't get mad at people for just hating people. Different color of skin. Well, I don't know. It had weird vibes. It had weird vibes. And so this one is like, yo, this shit's been here 70 years, the Grand Ole Opry. To me, that's now the Grand Ole Opry. But we did the Ryman. Did good. That was fun. Definitely more of a um, 
Grand Ole Opry Fram. Then we went over to Columbus, Ohio. I was able to play some disc golf with the guys. You know, very scared about my knee. Other than that, then flew home. It was great to be out with the guys again. It was great to... Uh, it was just a great fucking experience in my life that I probably will never forget. So, yeah, it was cool. Other than that, guys, we are back with Laura Peak tonight. Um, One of my good friends. Oh, I could say how I know her. Laura Peak is from where? Nashville. And it's... Hey, and she moved out here. Once she moved out here, uh, her and I really started to hit it off. I really, you know, when you just kind of click with someone, you can make them laugh. They make you laugh. So I started booking for for all my shows. We hang out at the store. We'll get lunch. All right, guys, that's the episode. Really appreciate you listening. Share it with a friend. Comment if you can. I've got some questions up on Spotify, if you want to read those, write them in. You can even tell me a suggestion on who I should do next. As always, shout out to Gray Livingston. Shout out to my guest, Laura Peak. Shout out to Bruce Gray for helping last week. And a big shout out to Comedy Store Records. Enjoy the episode, guys. I'm going to be honest. It's a fun one. Targeting areas nationwide that were already stricken by the opiate addiction is another thing that they did. After the opioid epidemic began, those least were boys specifically targeted areas that were hit hard like Ohio and West Virginia. They would frequently hang out in front of methadone clinics and give free samples of people who were leaving or waiting for treatment. Good God, Z-Daddies. <laughs> Another one of their incentives would be giving free dope to clients that pointed them toward areas with a high number of customers. I mean, it sounds like a good... They're, they're, they're very good businessmen. I know, very good businessmen. A lot of free stuff, but it comes back... Okay, Ohio, West Virginia. I got an idea. Let's make up the state food for these five states. Oh, I love this. Six states. Ohio, West Virginia, California, Florida, New York, and Texas. Number one, Ohio. I'm going to go hot dog with an Oxycontin on top. That, that feels right. I was going to do something. Been spending a lot of time in Ohio. It's yeah. got an Oxycontin it's, on it. Yeah, sleepy, but not like sleepy, the tired, sleepy like you're dozing off. Like a plate of the worst nachos I've ever <laughs> had with a Zan on top. <laughs> All right. Dub V, this is more your neck of the woods. It really is. It really is. Um, I think that they're... They're, they got some like good chitlins going on there. You're gonna have some good. They got some good barbecue. What are uh, chitlins? Uh, chitlins is like the fried cracklins from. Uh, oh, okay. From, yeah, like yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, also just the worst opioid epidemic yeah, that's happening in the country. Of, I feel like honestly, every state. Except, I mean, you do Florida, West. We'll do California next. California, I would do street taco yep. with like, but there's also a homeless man yelling at you. <laughs> While you eat these street tacos, he's saying, "Is that good?" Yeah, and you have to go, "Yeah." yeah, yeah. He's calling you a pedophile, and you don't, you don't know why he's doing this. <laughs> he keeps calling me Hillary Clinton, <laughs> but this he? is the best taco I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Florida. Oh, that's tough. I want. Okay, you know, I grew up going to Florida. That was like the southeast destination mm-hmm. for vacations. Like a big old shrimp basket. Yeah, that's a good huge, one. Huge, huge gator fried kind of thing. Yeah. In there, yeah. Oh yeah. Also with a little opium on there. Yeah, of course. New York pizza rat. A rat carrying a piece of pizza. Yes. Down the subway store. Biggest slice of pizza you've ever seen. Rat on the inside. You don't know until you bite into it. It's a little rat burrito. <laughs> yeah. They're like, are those pepperonis? They're a type of pepperoni. What do you mean type of pepperoni? It's under the state law. It is a pepperoni. Texas. That's got to be barbecue, too. It's got to be barbecue, too. It's a barbecue with, like, a 10-gallon Stetson hat on top yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And big. tattoos. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's screaming, keep Austin yeah. weird at you. You're like, just <laughs> Please, just stop. <laughs> you're not as weird as you think. You're actually... You guys are so normal yeah, down here. You're... It's just a regular city. actually just like a normal guy. <laughs> There's nothing weird about this place. Keep it weird, but get off my lawn and don't come here. <laughs> Well, I don't think you're kind of... I don't know if you're that weird. I don't know if you're that weird. (laughs) (laughs) Summary, when capitalism meets heroin. It's also worth noting that, uh, first, that heroin addiction is particularly brutal to try and overcome. 
Heron retains the pain-killing qualities of other opiates, but it lacks any medicinal use and has a very rapid onset of both the high and the later withdrawal symptoms. The crash that follows a high almost forces a user to have another hit ready, and because of that, it's considered one of the most addictive substances on the planet, rivaled by only crystal meth and crack cocaine. Laura Peak, fuck, Mary kill, crystal meth, heroin, crack cocaine. Wow, I love that question. I mean, okay, how dissimilar is crack cocaine is crack from actual cocaine? Pretty. Is it the, is it the same thing? So you mix it, you just make it so it's you smoke it, so you mix it with uh, baking soda in a uh, or a Pyrex thing, kind of like you don't want it to burn. You mix it and then you're able to smoke it. It's way more addictive, from what I understand. Okay, okay, that sounds about right. Having only had experience with one of these, I have not smoked crack. <laughs> I made it sound like I've tried every one of these drugs. No, 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 no. Having only had experience with cocaine, I would kill it because I know I could be addicted to it. I'm gonna kill crack cocaine. I'm going to fuck heroin because that seems correct, yeah, right? You have fun. a one night stand where it's like yeah, you shoot up once. You're gonna marry Crystal Meth, and then I'm gonna marry Crystal Meth because I love the name Crystal. She seems it is sweet. Good. <laughs> it is. That is a great name. <laughs> I have done. I've only done meth, and that was because I found I was I used to walk in um my old neighborhood of West Hollywood, and you know at night before the pandemic and stuff, it was just, it's kind of a vibe. People are out. People are having a good. So I would walk around this very gay neighborhood. I'd kind of walk around and start sucking dudes off, and then yeah, I'd do a little course. crystal meth. No, but I'd be walking around, and <laughs> I walked in front of myself, the... just <laughs> sucking, you know, a sucking a dick. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> I didn't have any spots. But tonight. I had no spots. If they didn't want me to suck dick, give me a spot. Um, so I'd walk past a place called the Abbey, which is a, a very uh, famous gay place, and I walked out front. And there was someone had a dollar bill folded in the only way that. You'd go, there's drugs there's inside a that. Bit of drugs in there. So I open it and it's all white and crystally. And I go, fuck it, man. It's Friday night. I'm by myself. Could be anthrax. Not a great thing to do, but I'm in front of a gay bar. They're not going to do me wrong. They're not going to do it. They're going to kill me. Gay people have the best drugs, too. They have to do stuff. Whatever. <laughs> so I just do a little toot in my fucking brain. Oh, no, it Steve. Burnt so oh, no. bad. And then I just, I literally, I danced for about 45 minutes in front of this gay club. And you then, didn't even go inside. I didn't go inside. <laughs> I was just out front by this tree dancing. And the people were like, hell yeah. And like, they're stoked for me. And it was just, it was the best place to do methamphetamine very from a dog. Very safe. Very yeah. safe environment. It was, it was nurturing. It was a safe space. <laughs> Did you answer? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, but you have to tell me. I would marry heroin because that seems fun. I would fuck crack and I'd kill crystal meth. To the hardcore free market individuals out there, it might seem like those school boys worked the system in the exact way it was designed to work. They eschewed violence and guns on one hand because their competition was too close to home, but also they were observant to the other drug traffickers around them. They saw the havoc caused by turf wars, and they saw how police responded to those wars, so they adapted to what worked for them. Before they entered the scene, heroin was more expensive, less potent, and usually somewhere dangerous for the buyer. It was so difficult to acquire that someone could hold a job while still being addicted to heroin. But the Delisco boys' arrival, people went off the rails. Heroin was closer, faster, cheaper, stronger, and being sold by someone who seemingly cared about you. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a sentence. Heroin was closer, faster, cheaper, stronger, and being sold by someone who seemingly cared about you. They didn't, ca didn't cause trouble, and they didn't want to rob anybody. And as one Portland user said in Dreamland by Sam Keones, the guys were the best dealers I've ever seen. Since an individual dose of heroin is so small, about one-tenth of a gram, so point one, they would place it in a water balloon and tie off the end, then put the water balloons in their mouths. So if you ever see a guy and you're walking around and he's flicking his tongue like this, that means he has heroin he's selling it. Oh my God, really? Mm -hmm. <gasps> or he's like, something wrong with Steve. But or he's that's trying to have they... sex. <laughs> that's <how> he... <laughs> That's all, that's, that's all your husband got you, right? Uh, that's right. Um, as a safety strategy, they would always carry a jug of water uh, during deliveries, and if they ever caught wind of the police, they would take a quick swig of water and swallow the balloons because normally these balloons won't blow up in your stomach. And also, if they're only point one, if they did blow up, it wouldn't be that bad. But if you have a bunch of them, that would. This way, the cops never found them with any dope, and worst-case scenario, they would be deported. That's a great way to never get caught. What's one thing you got caught for that you wish you never did? Okay, wait. Did so I wish I never that? did it or wish I never got caught for it? Those are different answers. Wish you never did it. Wish I never did it. 
Or what you never got caught for? Who cares? It's wide open. Whatever one works. Cause I feel uh, like it's kind of seamless. I have two, two, two. Both of them are cheating. And one of them is wish I never got caught for it, and the other one is wish I never did it. Well, tell me whatever one's better, or both. <laughs> <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I think the wish I never got caught for it is probably more interesting because if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna like, and it was never major cheating, it was never like, oh, I'm like sleeping with mm-hmm. someone for a long time or whatever. But like, if the relationship's over and you know yeah. it, here's finding reasons, and, and you're fun. and you're like, yeah, this was never gonna work, and I should have mm-hmm. been more honest, but whatever. I'm a coward. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm a huge coward. Exactly. <laughs> exactly those are the wish you never yeah. got caught for at once because it's just like oh we just would have broken up and i wouldn't anyway. have hurt anybody in that way kind yeah. of thing you know yeah i would have had the higher end when we broke up exactly now i'm a piece of shit yeah. forever in your mind <laughs> yeah. do you want to say what happened in that one or no you're done there <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna end it there okay at the time this was happening families back in zalisco began to feel the impact of the heroin trade mexicans have notorious low levels of opiate addiction um, Mexico has about 1% of the OD deaths of America. So they weren't using the heroin, but they became addicted to the money it made. It takes around $2,000 to cook a kilo of black tar heroin from getting it, all that kind of time and everything. And by selling it at the retail level, it could fetch, fetch nearly $150,000. Even after paying for their stay in America, many Zalisco boys were able to net around one hundred thousand dollars per kilo money flooded into the community and places that once had dirt roads and cattle fields began seeing four car garages with wrought iron fences new houses were being built in a tenth of the time that they used to and it became humiliating to live at a lower standard because of this two generations of men became zalisco boys new houses and nice fences when you make money what's the first thing you're going to buy it's something kind of fun that you want not just my mom's house no god no i want this sounds fucking crazy but i want like a shitload of big dogs okay and i want and i want somebody else to take care of them you know what i mean like i want like a reliable dog walker who gives a shit about them but at night i get to come home and they're all over me and i'm talking saint bernard's Every type of Labrador. You ever had new? You know Newfoundlands. I love a Newfoundland. I think I had, they're cool had, as shit. I had two of them. My dad did growing up. Oh, dude! Huge. I want giant. I want a yeah. lot of giant dogs. Great Pyrenees. Yeah. Uh, Burmese Mountain Dog. Cool. The big drooly ones. Mm-hmm. And I want. But them then to they have... cl- clean your keep your house very clean. Yeah, they keep my house very. They're <laughs> they're really adept at cleaning. <laughs> they're like they're absolutely in love with me but their life doesn't totally depend on that's like yeah. the thing it's like i don't want to be like a dog lady who's like oh i have to take care of my dogs 24 hours a yeah. day but i want like 20 of them yeah like if you went if you ever did get if you got single again you met someone and they're like you have any pets You're like i got a couple guys. I like 24. and they come into they just these giant pack of dogs that are obsessed with you they're pretty good <laughs> yeah big dobermans i mean every large breed you can imagine i feel like for me i feel like i already spend my money like i have some i would just buy more shoes I was thinking of gold teeth, but they say I that they start to stink. Oh, I bet it's like wearing a. It's like you got like a retainer on. Yeah. It's like having Invisalign in your no, mouth. No, I meant actual gold teeth. Oh, like the gold itself yeah, starts to teeth. smell. Yeah, because I guess like when you got a uh, the they haven't mastered the toothbrush toothpaste thing. Uh huh. So you're not really getting in there yeah, when you're, not you're... Really doing a lot. Oh, that's kind of devastating. If you just had the most beautiful gold mouth, but it was like when you opened it, it just reeked. <laughs> I know. That'd be weird to kiss someone. It's just like licking a penny. <laughs> like, how is it? Um, You ever heard of Scrooge McDuck? <laughs> you know when he dives into coins? I'll say this. I like how rich he is, but <laughs> that shit stinks. <laughs> his his uh, wallet smells a little border better than his mouth. Oi. <laughs> Funny aside, strange as it may sound, one of the main signs of wealth in Zalisco, oh, this is so great, became Levi's 501s. People were turning black tar heroin into stacks of Levi 501s and then handing those out to their family members. The Zalisco boys made a point to only sell to white people. What up? Open abuse at the high at the time was a largely white problem. It actually still is. Drug abuse uh, was actually a largely white problem. Yeah. And eventually noticed that uh, these white drugs drug addicts were excellent shoplifters. True. They even began giving addicts lists of sizes accepting payment in the form of shoplift Levi 501s. Damn. Such a country 
Yeah. Country thing to do. Real down home giveaway. I, I like that. <laughs> I really like that. I love a Levi's brand jacket or if I, I, I mean I would go into that. So funny. Five oh ones is a hilarious thing to be stoked on to buy with your drug money. Also a little town where everyone is in button fly denim. <laughs> You what's, guys with the police go for yeah, like, no, no, no. <laughs> what's one thing you'd go on a crime spree for? There are a lot of things I would go on a crime spree for. I think what I've been realizing recently, I would go on a crime spree if someone could guarantee me that I never had to fly coach ever again in my life. I would kill like families if I didn't <laughs> have to hop on the middle seat of a Spirit Airline ever again. Has Liza ever hooked you up with a good seat? Oh, dude, I mean. Does she? Yeah. Does she hook you up? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so nice. And it's my I, first taste of yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's my first taste. You ever had a sleeper s- cabin yet? No. Oh. Fuck, I'm getting spoiled, bro. And I like. And then we have to go back. And I go back. I literally go back six days later. Oh. I'm standing in line with my 80 pound backpack yeah. for my spirit, for my red eye spirit air that costs $150. Yeah. It's very hard. I, I would, I would kill, I would kill several people. If I if you could erase my memory of it and I would be able to fly first class for the rest of my life, I would do it. I also feel that the flight attendants remember me. Like, weren't you first class last week? I'm like, nope, different guy. Wasn't me. <laughs> weren't you worthy of our respect a couple nope, weeks ago? Nope, nope, nope. I've always been a dirt dog in the back. Middle seat by the toilet. Arf, arf, arf. Woo! I'm going to go kill myself in the back. Operation Tar Pit. This is where they try to crack down on them, but Zalisco boys are hard to get. 1995 to 1998. Chimeo, New Mexico. Don't know how to pronounce that. Mm -mm. 85 deaths are attributed to overdoses of high-purity black tar (sighs) heroin. Chimeo. What a weird name. What's the weirdest name that you've ever heard someone go by? Could be a nickname or given. My, My brother was, like, best friends with this guy in college, and, uh... Everybody called him Mulchy. Mulchy. Okay. M U L C H Y, Mulchy. And I didn't ask for years. I was just like, I guess that's maybe it's like his last name, whatever. Uh, one time in high school, he called somebody and he said, Hey, will you help me mulch my lawn? And he said, No, Mulchy. And then every person in his life called him Mulchy for the rest of time. They still call him that. He's like 35 years old. <laughs> And he has to tell people, like, why do you tell, why do people call you mulchy? He's like, I asked someone to mulch my lawn. I asked a good Ain't friend no of mine. no fucking way, mulchy. <laughs> I'm mulching up lies again. So, so ridiculous. I worked at the uh, Cal, Cal Purse, was California Public Employees Retirement System. It was the first job I have. It's oh, well. a sick job to get in the sense that if I would have worked there my whole life, I could have lived. Huge pension, yeah. retirement. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, but it was a literal nightmare. Uh Everyone hate each other. It's fucking awful. But I was in charge of just like everyone's social security numbers and their names. <laughs> so I knew people. There was a Donald Duck. My favorite was Donald Duck, actual name, birth name, and just X. What did he wait? What did Donald Duck go by? Did he change his name? No, it was Donald Duck. It was Donald Duck. He was like was an Donald X. Duck. There was X and there was Zuzu. I thought Zuzu he was just Asian, but not that's just really tight Asian, though. But it is pretty cool name, <laughs> Zuzu. Yeah, that's really awesome. And X. I mean, X we could we could all cool. hope to be that cool. Just signing it. <laughs> They're like, awesome. oh, he can't write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a little Joke's on you. I tried to make a name, and it was pretty stupid. <laughs> and also, I can't write. <laughs> <laughs> there was I like, am illiterate. <laughs> they were like, you're either going to have to learn how to write or change your name. <laughs> Welcome to X. <laughs> Say hello to X. I'm the X Factor, and I can't spell the second part. <laughs> On the next, uh, you know, there's factors. Stuff going on. June 1998, an investigation begins in San Diego, attempting to find the source of high-purity black tar heroin in that area. The investigation alleges that a single trafficking organization was the source of most of the heroin in the area and in several other cities. Investigators also determined that the same organization had previously been the subject of an investigation in New Mexico earlier that year. Chamoy, guys. Chameo. March 1999. Senator Pete Domenici, I write these things. I help write them. I just uh, don't look it up. And I have a, I have a, my, this one was done by one of my buddies, and I just kind of fixed it up. Of New Mexico brought together the FBI, the DEA, and the Department of Justice to declare war on the terrible scourge of heroin in Chimeo. 
and later said that the town could serve an example for other rural communities in distress. Name five things you'd rather do than live in Chimeo. Oh, my favorite distressed rural community. <laughs> Hard for me to imagine doing anything else. Maybe um, one thing I would rather do uh, than live there is maybe be arrested for selling heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, live the rest of my life in eastern Tennessee, probably. What's eastern Tennessee like? Oh, man, it's beautiful. Good. You, no. it, you, it actually, <laughs> it's very fucked up. Like, don't talk to anybody when you're there, but it's gorgeous. And there's a lot of trees and rivers and it's nice. I want to retire there. I want to live on a river there. You know, see, the thing, the reason I, I, the reason, so I've traveled this country a decent amount within the last three years, been to a lot of places, and I always think that the South is beautiful, but everything's trying to hurt you everywhere. It, it's scary. The dirt, the dirt, there's bugs, the grass, there's bugs, there's ticks, there's things in the trees, there's snakes. Bears. There's bears. Like, at least in California, if I lied down on a patch of grass, I could sleep there. That that was my... this Coming to California was my first experience with not getting fucking it alive, yeah. I would say, in the South, by everything around me all of the time. Not just being covered in bites and 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 ticks and every single... Like, getting stung yeah. by bees and wasps constantly. You really are fighting for your life down there. Dude, I went to Florida, and we're at a beach community, and we're at a restaurant, and I put my foot down, and I have never heard of this animal before. And something bites me, and I look down, and my feet are covered in ants. And apparently they send up the one signal ant, mm-hmm. and then once he bites you, it signals to all the rest. Mm-hmm. And then my feet were on fire, and I had welts. Those bite ant bites lasted oh, yeah. like two months. Yeah. And it was so painful, and it was just like, I'm on the beach. I'm a, I came here to fucking relax. Yeah. There's no safe In zone? the Gulf of Mexico. No. It's, it is it, it is really, really scary. Fire ants are kind of the scariest thing that could ever yeah, happen. Yeah, that the fire. Yeah, that was that fire. And, fu- and he was like, oh, you, you got to knock off the chief and then the rest won't get you. I'm like, I didn't see a hat. <laughs> oh, son, you got bit up. You got to be ready for that when you come down. You're like, I didn't get a fucking pamphlet. Yeah, I'm not wearing a shirt. <laughs> I'm on island time. I've had eight margaritas. Yeah, but eight margaritas. You told what me to watch want, out buddy? for predators. I don't know where I am. <laughs> September 29th, 1999. Senator Dominici. Wishes uh, came true as over 150 law enforcement officers, including FBI and DE agents, ascended on the village of Chimeo, Chimeo, New Mexico. The citizens of this town remember it as the Archangel's Day. The Archangel's Day, let's get into it. September 29th is a holiday celebrated in Western Christianity as the day that the Archangel Michael defeated Lucifer in the war over heaven. You think we'd celebrate that a little more? Yeah, yeah. I, I've barely heard of it. I've I'm barely Catholic. heard of that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and it's like, no, we're going to do the egg one. I was like, I think this is better. <laughs> Y'all had them Reese's? They're like really full. Of, they got a lot of peanut butter so in them around Easter ones. time. Yeah, yeah, those ones are better. <laughs> they are better. The ratio's better. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm always... When you get the small ones, it's all chocolate, no peanut exactly. butter. Exactly. I'm all the, peanut All butter. of the holiday shapes, the ratio is so much better. It's thinner chocolate, more... Oh, unble- unmatched. Incredible. Actually, trees and Easter are Probably the best. Like the same thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was also the day the small village of Chimeo, uh, New Mexico, became the center of the war, war on drugs. At sunrise, 150 law enforcement officers stormed in the town of just over 3,000 people. That's literally like one... Oh, no, it's less than 1%. Whatever. That's a lot. That's mm-hmm. like a high school if 150 kids start storming a high school of 3,000 kids. With them came three helicopters, a five-mile train of SWAT vans, and other law enforcement vehicles, all determined to find and root out the suspected heroin traders within the town. They beat down doors, shot several people, and even killed multiple pet dogs. A lot of big dogs, they said. Apparently ones you were trying to breed with. Not breed with. Breed with. Jesus, that one got weird. (laughs) I want to make money and start fucking live dogs. fucking big dogs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a raid that ended with 34 different people being arrested. It's still not. I mean, it's 34. Most were taken to the Federal Corrections Institution in El Paso, but a few men were taken to the ADX Supermax in Colorado. That's a badass prison. Uh, the same one that at uh, one point held the likes of El Chapo, uh, Dezokar Sinarev, the Boston Marathon guy, Terry Nichols, Timothy McVeigh, OKC bombing, Ted Kaczynski, in Mamado Mohammed Salim, aka the co-founder of Al Qaeda, some would say the comedy store of prisons. I've always said that. <laughs> I've always said. <laughs> if you were arrested with no explanation, what do you think your family 
would have think you have done. Realistically, I think in their mind they would go DUI. DUI. Off the off the bat, no no questions asked. Not a fun answer, but a true no. answer. Yeah. Another one would be like, she might have snapped, you know? Ooh, yeah. She might have freaked out. Yeah. She might have like gotten in a fight with somebody or something. I'm pretty low key. Bottled person, someone? Yeah, she might have fucked some dogs. Some <laughs> like, of them big ass dogs. <laughs> she might have got some money, got some dogs, and got caught in East Tennessee. <laughs> Mine's for sure DUI energy. Oh, I totally. got strawing DUI energy. I think that means that I think that means you're a decent person. You yeah. know what I mean? As a, 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 yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know, I'm not big on drinking and then driving. I'm big on drinking while driving. Like you do one road soda. <laughs> Let me tell you folks. I'll say this. You're not drunk you're not drunk yet. I've been in the car with a not entirely sober Stephen Fury. Very good at it. Very I am good, good at very it. Very good at it. It's because if you never sober up, then you're just practicing. It's like practicing a video game on hard. You get better, <laughs> folks. Chimeo immediately entered the national spotlight as a sensational heroin capital of the Southeast. 3,000 people. And a drug riddled, and an attic riddled drug den. Both of those labels still hang over the town today. And while the accusatory labor was overblown, it was not without permit, without merit, sorry. Starting in the mid-90s, Shameo was beset with accidental drug overdoses that the DEA declared to be a result of black tar heroin. Law enforcement claimed the number was as high as 85 in three years, but more recent information reveals that the number is actually quite inflated. The actual number of deaths was 63 in the entire county, not that little village, and almost all attributed to heroin in combination with other drugs rather than the drug just by itself. We're picking, picking nits, but whatever. Mm-hmm. June 15, 2000, the United States Attorney General released a statement saying that op- Operation Tar Pit was complete and that it was successful. He also personally thanks Senator Pete Dominici for focusing attention on the harm being suffered by the communities in the state and the thoughtful and positive way in which he supported our efforts. The same guy that, uh, that said use Chimeo as an example. So. If you were a senator, what would be two rules that you'd make up? One for the people and one for yourself. Keep in mind, I don't know if senators make rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my like household it's rules as a senator. Clean up after <laughs> yourself. No, <laughs> Stop leaving the toilet seat open. <laughs> I said to pick up the Lincoln Logs. No. All right. If I could make laws, one... The biggest law would be that if you have more than a billion dollars, you have to give it away. You you got to start giving. You, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tax you at fifty percent if you've got that much money. The rule for the people would be that, and we redistribute it to social programs and to make our country better. Rule for me would be that that money goes to me. <laughs> yeah, that rule is that does not apply to me. That is for the people, <laughs> not the senator. The I get 50% of their income and I don't have to get it to anybody. That's what I think. I think we need to tax these people, but still make them so they're far richer than everybody else. Oh, sure. And they would be. And you still, But just like, you know, you don't need to be like gazoo, bazoongas. Well, tits rich tits. is what I like to call it. When, they, when, we, when people see you, they bazoongas. stop and go, whoa. Oh, that guy's got a lot hey. of money. <laughs> Hey, buddy, look at the money on this guy. Rich. <laughs> oh, my God. When I started to learn, though, when, when you would hear about the amounts of money that some of these people, that like, the, you know, the biggest billionaires in the, in the country world have, it's like, if you could not spend that money in, like, several dozen lifetimes, yeah. that's when I'm like, yeah. okay, we yeah. got to We got to register. That's that's positively insane. It makes absolutely no sense. Yes. Let's get those bazongas. To get the those people. Ones, get <laughs> That's my new t-shirt. You, you, your neck, your back's hurting, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> those bazingos are hurting your back. He's heavy. <laughs> he is a front heavy man. He's top heavy. He's tipping right over. Yeah. Get those milkers. <laughs> <laughs> get those milkers redistributed to the people. A nip for each. All right. Synopsis: Operation Tar Pit. Chimeo was the unlucky first stop in a nationwide sting known as Operation Tar Pit, which would go on to raid another 11 cities and net over 200 arrests. The U.S. Department of Justice later called this operation a great success and one that dismantled a major heroin trafficking organization operating in this country. Residents of Chimeo viewed the results differently, as did the Zalisco boys. Mm. Seeing something the same as someone else can be difficult sometimes. 
What set of items could you buy that the cashier would view as uncomfortable? <laughs> I like this question. Because I feel like I do it all the time. Uh, like, uh, biggest for me, some sort of like skincare product with a pack of cigarettes, which is <laughs> almost always what I'm doing. <laughs> or like a thing of cold medicine and a pack of Camel mm-hmm. Blues where mm-hmm. they're like, there are reasons that things aren't going your way. I like that one. <laughs> Tampons and a pregnancy test. Done that before, too. You know, just uh, just confusing people. I remember I used to be so scared to buy condoms. Mm. Totally. I don't know why either. You should be cool. You're like, I'm fucking, dude. Oh, totally. And and I bet you were scared when you were like, you know, first started having sex 16, 17 years old. And you're you're thinking of that person as like your parent. Yeah. You're like, oh, they're seeing that. But really, that's a he's 23 years old. He thinks you're a king. (laughs) That's the crazy (laughs) one when you get older and you see teachers and people that like work to grow. And you're like. Oh, man, I was about to say something terrible. I'm not going to say it, actual. But you're like, this person doesn't hold a lot of authority. No, you think that they do you when you're young. they do. But then you get older, and I'm like, I'm drinking next to one of my old teachers. I'm like, oh, you're kind of yeah. a dude. <laughs> this is some guy. Yeah, this is just some guy. <laughs> According to the locals, it was a waste of taxpayer money that humiliated the townsfolk without fixing the issue of heroin availability or addiction. Rio Ariba County, where Chamayo is located, ranked number one in overdoses in New Mexico from 1996 to 2020. And there were actually an immediate increase in drug use and overdose following the raid. Many of the locals blamed the problem of addiction on the withering job market and the Los Alamos National Laboratory, which was one of the main sources of employment in Chamayo. A priest once said that the laboratory dried up the souls of our town. Mm. The former state police captain of New Mexico seemed to agree that the raid was not as successful as the attorney general claimed. After retiring, he was quoted as saying, We couldn't arrest our way out of the problem. You have the investigation, and then you have a massive pre-dawn raid, and then you have a press release, and then you go away. A few years later, you rinse and repeat. Very sad. An unfixable problem, so they just make up ways to try and fix it. What mytholo- mythological creature <laughs> would improve the world more if it existed? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I would think almost all of them, really. But the most practical one that springs to mind is uh, a tooth fairy, like a like getting money for a natural human thing. Mm-hmm. And if it was like, if it was like, if it could really kind of help you out, adults are just like, oh, I'll knock out my tooth yeah. and get fifty. Yeah, people would take that gnarly though. <laughs> yeah. There'd be like a guy, like, I got robbed last night. What do you take me? My teeth. He took all my teeth. <laughs> Nobody would have teeth anymore. <laughs> I thought uh, Leprechaun would be pretty fun. Tight. Like a me- like if you're like, is that the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> right? If you're like driving, you're like, hold up. Is that the fucking end of a rainbow? And then you're just like gone. You're like, get the guns! <laughs> you're hunting it. <laughs> get the guns in a sack! And then you go and get that Leprechaun in a pot of gold. <laughs> Like, how'd your parents get rich? Crazy story. Um, <laughs> they were in Stockton, found the end of a rainbow. Tortured and murdered, murdered the old. only leprechaun yeah. who's ever been known to well, exist. But he gave up the money. <laughs> I wonder where you'd go. That's another one I always wonder, you know, because, like, let's say I'm swimming and I find pirate's treasure. Yeah. What am I doing with that? I got to go to an art dealer or something, right? You're not going like your bank. Yeah, you're not going to get like a like a uh, there's not like a currency exchange. Yeah, what's the shilling like the, to the, a the heart of the ocean or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna get a straight up trade it's for that. <laughs> I found this. I saw it in uh, Titanic. You remember? How many of these? How many of these? Can I get a car? It's Celine Dion it's who Celine. appraises it. <laughs> just like that's the real deal. <laughs> what would you? What? Oh, you did already. Okay. The void left by the arrests in Chimeo and the other 11 cities did not exist for long. Seeing the vacuum, the Zalisco boys flew to the raided cities and began setting up operations. Unfortunately, this also happened at the same time Purdue Pharma was engaged in the largest and most insidious advertising campaign in the history of pharmaceuticals, pushing a drug that would almost single-handedly create the opioid epidemic in America. Oxycontin. Fucking Oxycontin. What's a worse name to name your child other than Oxycontin? Sackler. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, the Sackler family. Sackler's I think for good. I think for me, this a terrible name for my child would be anything that like that a like if I went in the vein of a terrible Southern name, 
I feel like that would be really bad like because Anna Lee it, or it, it, like, uh, like Kaylee with a K A Y L E G E I G H. Yeah, I feel like I would really let my people down. What's yours? You know, I feel like poor people love taking a name and just making it weirder. Just extending it. How many letters could we possibly fit into this? I went to school with so many of them, very nice people, but yeah. it's like you just oh, you got too many letters in your name. Uh, mine would be Gertha. Gertha's good. Boy or girl, not my son not Gertha the... is the most <laughs> fucked up thing I've ever heard. We're so proud of him, but it's spelled G I G I R T A has a really thick one. penis. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, it's not even that. Big. That's the problem. You gotta know before you name me. I'm not that girthy. I thought if I named you it, you'd grow into the name. Like, look at your brother, Skinny Dick Tim, Skinny Dick Fury. Show him that thing. Throw God, it's God, it's God damn Gertha. Look at that thing. <clears throat> Getting close to the end here. Here we go. The unfortunate crossroads of Big Farmer and the Zalisco Boys. More information on Purdue Farmer and the opioid crisis can be found in the Fuck Fentanyl episode, but a quick refresher on the timeline is helpful for understanding where the Zalisco boys become side bosses of that story. Uh, if you guys go back, you can check out my Fuck Fentanyl episode where I said that after some friends of mine died. So it's pretty good. It goes into deep about uh, how that thing's happening, why it's happening. It's uh, very depressing. It is. 1996, Purdue Farmer releases Oxycontin, an opioid they claim to be less addictive, less... Uh, subject to abuse and diversion and less likely to cause tolerance and withdrawal other than, than other pain medications. From 1996 to 2000, sales of Oxycontin grew from $48 million to almost $1.1 billion. Man, I remember when they were giving these things out like mm-hmm. fucking nothing. So, did you ever get prescribed? Oh, yeah. You did, yeah. I sold these. I yeah. sold Oxycontins and Percocets for a long time. And were they ones that you had been prescribed for various things? Or no, no, I had people. You had people, okay. Because I remember I knew one guy. I was getting like 300 a month. It wasn't even a thing. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to take 10 a day. And 10. it just depended on your doctor and how you, that is so terrifying. And then, but I, it, it's not their fault. If the guy was just coming up to you always being like, this isn't addictive. Yeah. Oh no. I I know. I had to watch that show, whatever it was Dope called. Sec? Yes. That was to realize that it's like a lot of doctors meant well with this, mm-hmm. and they were just being lied to by reps. And it's so scary. So scary. Number of oxycotton prescriptions written uh, went from sixty seven six hundred seventy thousand to six point two million. God damn. Mm. Purdue internal sales force went from three hundred eighteen representatives to six hundred seventy one. Hundreds of millions of dollars are spent on ag- aggressive marketing campaigns. In 2001 alone, the company spent nearly $200 million on ads. God, they will never see a day in jail for any of this. I it know. is so maddening. And all they're, they're, they're like, your name's not going to be on museums anymore. No. Oh, bummer. Rich people problems. They'll retire to my hyperbaric chamber, whatever the fuck <laughs> they do. Oh, no. <laughs> It's the great government crackdown and made Oxycontin harder to get. What's the worst thing the government could make illegal? Well, I like that. It's, uh, this sounds so stupid, but I feel like just because it happened in the past couple of years, hanging with my friends, but yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> spending right. good time with my buddies. <laughs> that was rough, man. <laughs> it was so strange. It's going to be so weird. It almost feels like a weird dream. I know. Because every day was like the same. It was monotony. Yeah. It kind of, uh, but you were in Nashville. No, I was here. I was here for the whole thing. No, I thought when Alex moved to Nashville, you were there. No, no, no. Oh. I was there. I, I moved because I moved Oof. like December 2019 to here. So right before it hit, yeah. I was here for like two months. And then Carson and I stuck it out. We stayed the whole time. And that worked out. I know. I'm very, Isn't I, that the, that's, the, that's the one thing the city did. If you stuck it out. Yeah. At least comedy wise. Well, and I felt I, I, there were so many days where we were like, "Do we just pack it up? Do we just uh-huh. you know go home?" And I'm very glad we didn't. I'm having a really good time now. But we were really close to that. And honestly, whatever we all did this, but it's like made me better in a lot of ways. Got healthier, figured out you know did yeah. some mental health stuff for myself. But like, I need to be around people. It's yeah. it, it, that was so bleak. I feel like if there's ever a world where, again where I can't just like hit up a friend and go oh, have dude. a drink. And then we would go to uh, the county store. Vaguely be open. Oh, really? And then we would do these spots in the OR through this window. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Man. That is apocalyptic. <laughs> you can't hear anyone, and there's homeless people walking, and no one's <laughs> listening to you. Oh, but, like, 
just like the Jalisco boys fucking customers, you were just so dope sick to see your friends yeah. or get on stage for a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember being like, I remember that being a light to me as like, maybe this, yeah. maybe we'll be allowed to do this again. Oh, Ugh. such a dark time. And a couple of things that are very similar uh, for Purdue to the Jalisco boys. Uh, 34,000 coupons for free. Limited time prescriptions for 7 to 30 days supply uh, had been redeemed. <laughs> they created a sophisticating profiling system based on the prescribing patterns of physicians nationwide. And with that, they were able to identify the highest and lowest prescribers of prescription drugs state by county and even zip code. Along with that, they offered annual bonuses that averaged $70,000 per year per sales rep. So they made their own money and each guy made an extra 70 grand. So the end, this, we're going to be it. The synopsis and the unfortunate crossroads between Purdue Farmer and the Zalisco boys. There isn't much more to be said about this other than how strikingly similar the two organizations operated. Both Purdue Farmer and the Zalisco boys knew that as long as people were addicted, the money would come. Both would offer free samples, knowing how easy it is to get addicted. Both offered incentives for their product, Purdue Farmer paid bonuses to sales reps, and gave prescribing physicians free vacations while the Zalisco boys gave free dope to addicts and br who brought new customers. Both saw parts of America that were most vulnerable to addiction and focused their efforts on those areas. It seems to be an unlucky alignment of the timelines, but the same year Operation Tarpit left a 200-person vacuum in the heroin dealer market, Purdue former shipped out 6.2 million prescriptions of Oxycontin. America was quickly becoming addicted to opioids from coast to coast and from the densest cities to the most rural towns. Since 1999, over 1 million people have died from drug overdoses, and 70% of those were involved in prescriptions or synthetic opioids. As soon as it becomes too difficult for a person to feed their addiction to prescriptions, like an angel of death, a Jalisco boy appears offering a free balloon of heroin. And they're still operating today. Cool. There it is. The podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having you were me. Excellent. Steve. I got to have so you all back on. Maybe we should start a podcast. The chemistry was so good. <laughs> Other than that, tell everywhere to find you. Stuff like that. I am uh, Laura Peak Comedy P E E K on Instagram and Laura Peak underscore on Twitter. One of my favorite comics and favorite new friends. Cheers to you. Hope to see you soon, buddy. Bye.